We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the FFPC. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman and the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. This week I'm picking the brain of the Week 4 overall leader in the 2021 Football Guys Players Championship, Jay Blake. Despite only having one entry in the 2021 FPC, Flake is in the driver's seat for the $500,000 grand prize in a $3.7 million prize pool. In this episode, the three-time FFPC league champ and I discuss why Cooper Cup was the Rams receiver of choice for him over Robert Woods, whether it's more important to back up your own stud running backs or those owned by other teams in the tournament, and much more. Before we get into the show, I want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners-only 10% discount to Rotoviz by using the code RVRADIO2021. That's RVRADIO2021. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the Rotoviz content and tools, and it supports the podcast channel. Now, without further ado, here is the 2021 Football Guys Players Championship Week 4 overall leader, Jay Flake. joined by royalty here on the road of his high stakes lowdown this week because we have the leader for the half million dollar grand prize in the 2021 football guys players championship outside or ahead of i guess 13,199 teams his lone entry in the competition it's jay flake jay welcome into the program man thank you eric thank you very much looking forward to talking to you I think, uh, you know, everybody who has multiple entries in this competition this year is is listening and like, like, my goodness, you know, I'm trying to win a half million bucks. I want to have as many bullets as I can to fire at this here. And then, uh, Jay, you say, hold my beer. I only need the one and I'm good because it's ahead of everybody <laughs> else right now. Your lone entry. So and this is two weeks in a row, I believe that, that you have been the leader in the football guys players championship. How's I know it's a long way to go and, and you'll be the first one to tell me like, look, bulky, it's a grind there. There's, there's so much more season left, but two weeks in a row as the leader has got to feel really, really good. 
yeah, I, I feel lucky. Um, I, uh, I'm pessimistic that I'm going to be able to hold it, but, uh, you know, in, injuries happen all the time. So I'm, uh, I got the fingers crossed and hopefully I've got enough, uh, depth on the team to overcome the, uh, what, you know, what is to come in the future here. Well, and, and so let's talk a little bit about this draft that you put together, this team that's leading the whole competition right now. And I specifically want to ask you about Najee Harris first, the Steelers rookie running back. This was a player that um, was going in the FPC, the main event uh, towards the end of drafting season, right around that one, two turn. Um, you got him sort of in the, the early to mid second round. I can't remember exactly. What pick did you have in this draft? Was it eight or nine? It was eight. Yeah, it was eight. eight. Okay. All right. So you get him at the 205 in the second round. Um, his offensive line has been pretty bad. The, the quarterback play has not been great. And we know Ben Roethlisberger, according to Mike Townlin, is, is dinged up right now as well. So you look at sustaining his level of production right now over 16 games. How realistic is that, that, that you can expect him to continue to churn out what he's churning out given the shortcomings of, of the rest of his offense. So he's kind of doing what I thought he would do, to be honest with you. I mean, everybody knows the, uh, you know, traditionally what this Pittsburgh uh, running game is. It's one guy that has the whole load. And if, and if you look what he's done, he, you know, he, he hasn't run for a hundred yards. He, he just had his first rushing touchdown this week, um, but he's got the volume. Uh, he's the only game in town. Um and, you know, and it, you know, after the first week, he started catching a lot of balls, which is what I was looking for. So he's he's doing exactly what I thought he would do, to be honest with you. And 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 can he sustain that? You know, like I said, he's not running for 100 yards. So yeah, I, I definitely think he can, as long as he doesn't get hurt. I think he's he's good to go. Yeah, and 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 I think that's important to bring up too. I mean, like you know, obviously you soak a early to mid, you know, second round pick into a guy, you expect this level of production, and and he certainly hasn't let you down uh, as well. And not only not only were you expecting that production, but you, you weren't drafting him for one week or one month. You're drafting him for the full season. So I, I think it kind of goes without saying, like, you know, that that you believe as you know, as long as he stays healthy, this is what you can expect from Najee Harris, you know, give or take a, a, a few points here and there every single week. But right around to be a, a you know, this type of, of running back. Is he a top 10 running back for you the remainder of the season? Yeah, I think he is. Uh, yeah. With, with what's ahead of him, I think so. Moving on to the receiver position, one of the um, conundrums the the high-stakes fantasy players faced this year in the FFPC, really in any format, um, was the Rams receivers. Now, last year, Cooper Cup was pretty productive, but he didn't get into the end zone. Robert Woods got in the end zone a lot, and as a result, these guys were fairly close in ADP. However, one clear player has separated himself from the other one, and that's the guy you chose, Jay. Uh, it's Cooper Cup. You had the chance to take either Cup or Woods. You went with Cup first. Woods ended up going about ten picks later or so in in your draft. Why was why was it Cup? If you're looking at Rams receivers, why was it Cup for you this year? I've always liked Cup ever since he came into the league. Uh, it, yeah, they were close last year in receptions. I'm I'm a big fan of uh, reception hogs, uh, guys that are consistently getting you know ninety catches a year. And and while they were close last year, I. I if I remember right, the last couple of years before that, of course, before he tore his ACL, he was he was always the target hog, and I just I, I felt like he was the, for me he was the safer of the two picks, and and of course if you know I get to draft this team all I'm on, he was the guy I was going to take. Jay, um, okay, so and and I think that makes sense too. Obviously, with the touchdown regression 
um, for both of these guys, you know, Cooper cups going up and Robert Woods coming down. That makes a lot of sense too. Um, so I, I, we, we've covered a little bit of running backs, a little bit of receivers. We'll get back into those positions in a little bit. But since this is an FFPC podcast, I am contractually obligated to ask you a tight end question. And mm-hmm. specifically for you in this first place football guys team, you know, a lot of people believe that you have to get an elite tight end or, or you can't wait on your first tight end. You did. You didn't take your first tight end until round 10. Um, and then you you ended up getting four of them, I think, in rounds like 10 through, I don't know, 16 or 17, roughly, something like that. Um, but I'm kind of curious to you, how, uh, I'm kind of curious to ask you, how normal of a start is that for you in the FFPC to wait until round 10 to take your first tight end? I've probably been doing this competition for 10 years. This is the first year that I didn't target a tight end early. Mm. Now, I, what, I, prompt, I, what prompted that? I... So, you know, Kelsey, obviously, you know, if he's there, you know, third, fourth, fifth pick, he would be an easy one and and maybe Waller. But I don't know, to me, they were just it was it was too rich. Uh, what we were giving what I was giving up for these other players, I just wasn't willing to take the tight end. Then, um, you know, if, if some of them would have fallen, you know, if Hawkinson would have you know fallen to the fifth, you know, of course, I would have taken him. Maybe if Logan Thomas or, or Fant fell, maybe if they fell to the eighth and Debo hadn't fallen there, maybe I would take them. So it was just a matter of value. But, you know, I've got the two FFPC teams. We've got the pros versus Joes. I've got this team. I've, I've got four satellites. And in every case, or, you know, eight of the 10, I didn't take tight end early. I, I did the same strategy of just waiting, you know, ninth, 10th round and start taking it and take three or four and, and hope one sticks. Had this has this something so um, this is something in in your you know decade of ex- experience in the FF, FFPC this is something you had never done before never I always took a tight I you know I was the guy that would take two tight ends in the top five rounds <laughs> now so, what are, uh, what's the likelihood you ever do that again and what's the likelihood that you do this again given the early success you've had on it, it well you, you know every draft's different so. Uh, you know, definitely wouldn't stick to one strategy. Like I said, if guys fell, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to take the opportunity. Um, but in most of these drafts, they just weren't falling and the guys I could get, you know, I, I was going to take them every time over, over the premium tight ends. This gets into the philosophy of, of being a high stakes fantasy football player. You, you sort of, you know, we hear a lot of people and I've talked to a lot of people on these podcasts, you know, well, you have to go out and get your guys, get your guys. Don't wait. Don't, you know, if you like somebody, go out and get them. And then I had a lot of people telling me, well, you just got to let the value come to you. You know, when, when, when a player presents himself to you and it's way past ADP or it's, it's when he should be gone, then you got to go ahead and hammer that and take advantage of the value because it's so rare. But it, it almost seems like it's a melding of the two and, and you kind of got to know when to, when to zig and zag and, and go after your guys and then, and then let the draft come to you. Right, Jay? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much it. This was uh this was a fun draft. This, this one version here, because. It's all the guys, you know, you, you got those guys you like to watch and, and, and you want to do well. And it was like this draft, they all fell exactly where I wanted them to fall. So I feel like, you know, you know, you know, the guys I liked were the right guys, and, and, and at least in this draft. But they they happened to fall to me at the right spots, too. So it's kind of luck as well. 
Yeah, and there's, a, I mean, luck goes into it. There's a certain amount of luck with everything, um, you know, in this. You can't win without the ball bouncing your way more than a few <laughs> times, for sure. That's There's yeah. no question there. Um, a guy who had the ball bounce his way um, several times in Monday night's game this week when the Raiders took on the Chargers was Jared Cook. He had a nice little game uh, for, for the Chargers offense, thanks to Justin Herbert. Um, what do you, where do you kind of expect him to finish among the tight ends this season? Because he's a guy that, that really hasn't been hyped up since his first couple of years in the league. And he always seems to produce just not at an elite level, but you don't need elite level production for Jared cook based on where you drafted him this year to, to enjoy success with him. Where do you think he finishes among the tight ends, Jay? I bet he finishes, you know, the bottom part of the tight end ones, um, 10, 11, 12. That's just my guess. I mean, I know he's a little older, um, but uh, he's in a prolific offense. I mean, obviously Herbert's on a traje- trajectory going up. Uh, you know, I, I I went into the season thinking they had limited receivers. With with uh, you know, I didn't expect Mike Williams to do what he was doing. Uh, but Keenan Allen and and Eckler, you knew were going to catch the ball. So I thought he was going to have a good opportunity in a high high you know high powered offense. Um, he hasn't come out of the gate quite as strong as I thought he would. He had a great game this past game, of course. But but. I would still expect him to be, you know, 10, 11, 12, something like that. Yeah. Mike Williams is uh, making himself a lot of money right now yeah. uh, for the off season. He is going to get paid big time. And, and I didn't see it coming. You know, Mike Williams, I don't know about you, Jay, how have you historically treated Mike Williams in drafts? Has it been, is he a target? Is he a fade? If he, is he a guy, if he falls to you, you'll take him reluctantly. How have you felt about Mike Williams? Fade, 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 fade. Um, was was he a fade for you again this year? I would have taken him if he had gotten to the right spot. Probably, I don't know if 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 I had ninth round, if I'd been weak on receivers, maybe I would have looked at him. Of course, he was going much higher than that. You know, the hype leading up to this draft season. Uh, you know, he's going to what play the X role in the new offense, and uh, you know, everybody was hyped up about him. So so he was going higher than you know. I thought he should. Of course, I was wrong on that one because he's lighting it up right now. Uh, so, yeah, he's a huge surprise. Yeah. No, you, you and I are of the same uh, <laughs> mind here on this because he, he was never a guy I targeted. That, in fact, I think and not, I don't you know, I, I don't have my figures in front of me here, but I can only remember him taking one or drafting him one time. This is dynasty redraft, whatever. And the only reason I took him was for whatever reason. When it came back to me, I had already had three or four running backs. I already had a tight end, a quarterback. I already had five receivers, and Mike Williams was still staring at me, and I'm like, okay, look, if this guy gets hurt, it won't hurt me. They're, the upside's there. I'll draft him. And so I took him there, and that was the only time I can ever remember taking him. And now everybody who did take him this year is looking like a genius. You know, I've, I've always been, and maybe this is because I, I dislike Mike Williams, the fantasy player for so much, but I have always liked Keenan Allen. Like I, I draft that guy everywhere, every year seemingly. And now um, Mike Williams is outperforming Keenan Allen at, at this point on the season. Where do you think these guys end up in FFPC scoring at the end of the year? I mean, clearly they're both startable right now, but is Mike Williams actually going to be the Chargers receiver people will have rather had by the end of the year? I would not have believed that if you gave me a million dollars before the season started. But <laughs> the the way he's playing, I mean, he, yeah, I actually, you know, four four weeks into it, I think he actually could be even with uh, Keenan Allen. I mean, he's they're clearly going to him in the end zone. I think he's got four touchdowns. Um, 
and and I too, I, I love Keenan Allen. Um, you know, it kind of goes with the theme with Cooper Cup, Keenan Allen, Tyreek Hill. They're the target monsters, and and I love the way Keenan catches the ball. Um, so so there was never a contest for me. It, it was always Keenan Allen was going to be the top guy. But Mike Williams is playing well this year, and uh, and he's not injured yet. Um, <laughs> so that he always seems to get an injury. Yes, bug in he there, does. But he's he's playing well. So I if Again, if bar, you know, I always like preface barring injury. I do think they could end up very close because um, it seems to be a pattern right now. Mike Williams is a must start for you until further notice, right? Yeah, pretty much. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Um, we're talking about the Monday night game and, and a guy that I don't want to, you know, the term must start is, is thrown around way too much because everybody's team is different. But I look at what Hunter Renfro has done so far this year. He's not only getting consistent targets, he's getting consistent uh, receptions. I mean, those are high-quality targets that he's getting, and he's turning them into production, not only yardage, but but touchdowns as well, um, as we saw. Your opinion, and because a lot of people will say, well, you can't win $500,000 with this low-ceiling, high-floor type receiver in Hunter Renfro, where he's churning out, you know, five for 50 every week and maybe getting a touchdown every other week. How, how do you sort of balance? Well, not balance, but what's your opinion uh, on somebody who says you can't win a half million with a steady Eddie um, because you need those spike players in the championship weeks at the final weeks of the season. Um, and, and, and as far as getting a guy like Renfro in there, who doesn't necessarily represent the um, archetype of a, of a spike player, 
What's your opinion? Can can you do it with a player like him in your so, lineup? Yeah, so my my opinion on I, by the way, and uh, what I think my one of my FFPC leagues and one of my satellite leagues or two of them, I picked him up and I started him this week. Oh, um, nice. And 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 I started him last week too in one of them. So yeah, can you win? I think you can. And here's the reason why: you got to get to those playoffs, um, you know, in order to win them. And can a player like that help you get, you know, through injuries and bye weeks? Um, I think absolutely. Now, if you're counting on them, you know, I think you do need those big players, the, the Tyreek Hills, right? Uh, the Devonte Adams, obviously, to take you over the top because to beat thirteen thousand two hundred teams, you're not going to do it with a with twelve points a week, right? But but you got to get to the playoffs, and, and the guy like that can help you get there. And 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 the second part to that question, I'll I'll say. I don't know if he's a steady Eddie these days. Is he the new Edelman? Ooh, um, there's a hot take. I mean, he's, 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 to me, he was the first read Monday, wasn't he? It he, certainly uh, seemed that way. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I don't know if he's the five for 50 anymore. That may be his, uh, his, you know, it, it may be, uh, you know, seven for 70 and a touch every other week. Even if he is not the new Edelman. I will, I will, I will make this um, statement. I, I look at the, you know, every year we always post um, in the in the FFPC e newsletter that goes out with the champions and um, with the football guys players championship winner, with the FFPC main event winner, we always post their week, you know, their their championship week lineups in there. And so many people reply to that, and so many people reach out to me and say, "How did this guy win a half million dollars?" with that team. And, and I think it's because sometimes you see a guy like Renfro in there and it's not exciting, you know, it's not sexy, but you don't need every single one of your players to put up 30 plus points uh, in that final week, or even every single week in, in the playoffs, you get a couple of players to go off, um, you know, for a few weeks in, in the championship round sprint. And then you have guys like, again, even if Renfro is a, a steady Eddie type where he's just getting 10, 15 points or whatever, Sometimes that's enough if you get the right spike guys, you know, could there there's value in solid consistency. And I, th- I think it's sometimes overrated when everybody is, is looking for, for the, for, you know, just to have all these huge spike players, those lineups typically don't work out. They might work out in DFS, you know, on a week to week basis, but to try to win a ch- championship round sprint, I think there, there, there needs to be some consistency there as well. Yeah, completely agree. All right. Back to the tight ends. Tyler Conklin. <laughs> he's getting solid target numbers in, in Minnesota. I'm, I'm just kind of curious if you own Tyler Conklin in, in any of your FFPC tight end premium leagues, does this guy, do you need to find a spot either in your tight end spot or one of your flexes for this guy going forward, given that whether the Vikings are winning, losing, destroying teams, getting destroyed, he seems to be involved in the offense no matter what the game script is, Jay. Yeah, I picked him up in a couple of the teams. Matter of fact, in this team specifically, I picked him up, and you know Gronk was out last week, so I started Conklin. Um, I, you know, it, it it seems to me the tight end position is almost falling the way of the uh, the running backs. Every team has multiple tight ends, right? Um, and Minnesota's seems like one of the only teams that doesn't, and so he's getting the target share, even in that horrible performance from Minnesota. Uh, he did get a number of targets um, and, and, you know, I'll take targets. I'll take the opportunity anytime. So I, I think he's a, he, I think he was a good pickup. 
Um, and, uh, you know, they don't have many receivers as well. So I think he'll be involved uh, most of the year. Uh, so I, I, I was happy with the pickup. Yeah, no, I, I think when you can get a guy like that, you know, the thing is when you need to start a guy in a pinch, um, you don't necessarily can, can have, you, you can't always have the luxury of having a really talented guy to pick from or, or a really plum matchup to, to pick from. You need a guy that, you know, regardless, if you need double digit points or whatever, you could stick a guy like Conklin in there where, you know, like, okay, you know, win, lose or draw rain or shine. This guy is, is going to, I know what type of game this guy is going to have. And there's some comfort in being able to do that. And Tyler Conklin, a guy that you could pick up off the waiver wire, like you did, Jay certainly makes all the sense in the world to be able to start him. Um, okay. This is another thing that I hadn't really thought about, uh, up until I thought about it quite a bit this year. It, it crossed my mind last year, but I didn't really do it a whole lot. I did it a couple of times this year. But when you talk about getting your 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 stud running back, your early round running backs, backup running back, you know, the the Pollard to uh, Ezekiel Elliott, the Alexander Madison to Dalvin Cook, and, and the Damian Williams to, to David Montgomery, perhaps, the Darrell Williams to Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Um, I have always historically, as I think a lot of fantasy players have done, you go with, you get your guys back up. And, and I heard on a lot of podcasts and, and conversations I've had with high stakes players this year, for whatever reason, more than most, um, the, the, the rebuttal to that is no, 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 don't go after your guys, increase the variance, go after the other people's guy. You know, you get Elliot, don't worry about Pollard, get Damian Williams, get, get Daryl Williams, get, you know, get, get Madison, you know? So when it comes to those championship weeks at, at the end of the season, now assuming all your guys made it through healthy. Now you get this free bonus top 15 running back that you can stick in your lineup that not a lot of other people will have. How have, how do you sort of view that situation, Jay? And how have you treated it in your own drafts? Yeah, I, I, uh, I sleep easier when I know I've got my, my, my studs back up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, you know, you always want to be able to have that choice between the running back that ultimate ultimate goals have the choice between running backs in a certain week, depending on matchups. And, and if you're, if McCaffrey goes down last year or Dalvin goes down this year, or Zeke goes down, you want to have that backup. And that that's happened. I think I, I had Dalvin and uh, FFPC and uh, it was fantastic to, you know, it was a game time decision two weeks ago and it was an awesome feeling not to worry about it, that if he's out, I'll just flip Madison in there and I've, I've got no problem. Now, it doesn't work for every running back. Of course, everybody knows. So there's only a few guys, the ones you mentioned that have the sure backups and, and you feel like that they'll perform if, if the starter goes down, um, you know, and for instance, my Najee Harris, I'm not going to pick up the backup because uh, I don't I, think yep. the backup's going to do anything. If Harris goes down, whoever the backup is, I guess Benny Snell now, but. Is he really going to do the same thing? Probably not. So I'm not going to waste my time there. Then I'll pick up James Conner, you know. Um. And, and I think, um, you know, I try to do a hybrid model, you know, because I, I tend to um, this year, I, I usually this wasn't always a hard and fast rule, but I usually had three running backs within the first five or six rounds. Uh, and then I, 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 you know, I hesitate to use the term. I ignored the position, but I kind of went away from it a little bit. But then, you know, after round 10, you know, not only am I trying to secure my guy, my, my guy's handcuff or my guy's backup, whatever you want to call it. Um, but then I did go after other teams, right. And, and, and try to still cash in and it, it worked out in a couple leagues. Like I had Madison in a couple leagues where I didn't have cook. 
Um, you know, I have Pollard in a couple of leagues where I don't have Elliott. So, and I think that we, you can't truly answer this question until we see how the injury situation shakes out at the end of the year when everybody's, you know, in the championship round and, and playing for the big money. And, and then we'll get the question answered, at least for this year. Um, but I think it could change year to year based on what happens at the end of the season, for sure. Um, I just mentioned Damian Williams, Jay. What's your read uh, sort of on the running back situation? We got the word that David Montgomery is probably going to be out four to five weeks with that knee injury right now. So they have Cohen, uh, uh, not Cohen. Um, well, they do have Cohen, but Khalil Herbert is there. You have Ryan Nall there and obviously Damian Williams, who's banged up a little bit himself. So number one, how, how do the touches shake out there? And number two, uh, how valuable are Bears running backs not named David Montgomery over the next month? I, I, so I drafted David, uh, Damian Williams in a couple of leagues. I thought they were going to split carries more than they have more like they did the first week is how I thought they were going to play it out. Um, so I got him in a couple of leagues. I think he has value. I mean, I I think we all thought he was MVP that Super Bowl two years ago. Um, so he's, he's a quality running back, I think who kind of slipped through the cracks. So I think he's going to be, I don't know if he's going to be do what David Montgomery did the last couple of weeks, but I think he's going to be solid. After that, I don't think any of us have a clue what can happen. Um, so I, I, I'm, uh, I think one, two leagues. I have Damian Williams. I may, I may, you know, look at, you know, putting small bids on 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 the other guy that's there. But uh, it may be something I just stay away from, to be honest with you. Um, Damian Williams is at Las Vegas, uh, this week and seemingly Josh Jacobs, uh, looks like he's going to be playing against the bears as well. Who would you start if you had to pick between Damian Williams and Josh Jacobs who are facing each other in Vegas this week? Oof. I, uh, I may go Damian Williams if he's playing, to be honest with you. I, uh, I get nervous about Josh Jacobs and that toe or whatever's going on over there. Yeah, and and uh, obviously um, Kenyon Drake being a, a pass catcher there, and, and Peyton Barber being a goal line type guy, uh, it certainly makes it takes a shine off Jacobs a little bit. Yeah. What about last week's uh, darling off the waiver wire? Well, not off the waiver wire, but in, in lineups with the McCaffrey injury, Chuba Hubbard gets the Eagles at home this week. If you're making a choice between him and Damian Williams, would you go Williams over Hubbard as well? Well, that would be coin toss there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a tough one that's a tough one that's right down the middle i think it's and it's one of those things like i guess you know when i have those situations and, and jay i don't know if if you value this at all but typically for quarterbacks and running backs i usually tend to start the guy who's at home the guy who gets to you know in coin flip situations the guy who gets yeah. to sleep in his own bed the night before yeah. i don't typically do it for receivers and tight ends, but quarterbacks and running backs, I do. And in this case, I guess I would probably lean a, a little bit towards uh, Hubbard, who gets the Eagles at home. But I always say this too: like I have to do a radio spot um, for a radio station in, in Western Wisconsin Thursday mornings, and they fire these start sick questions. And I don't know if you're like this, Jay, but sometimes they're so close. I always say, okay, well, I would go with Williams over <laughs> Hubbard, but ask me tomorrow, and I might yeah. say Hubbard over Williams. <laughs> Absolutely, we're always changing our lineup until. Uh you know, 1255 on Sunday. So. Right. Yeah, it's, it's so frustrating. Uh, think long, think wrong. I usually, I, I always, when I, when I get that down to it, I just usually go with my gut instinct and, and most of the time it's right, but obviously not always. Um, final question, Jay, uh, for you uh, th- this week, you've been very gracious to, to hop aboard the road of his high stakes lowdown this week. I want to thank you for that. 
Um, who's an early round pick that that people should be benching this week? An early round pick who's healthy um, that that people should be benching this week, that, but they probably won't in the FFPC. And then a, a guy who's a sleeper this week. Maybe he was a mid-round drafted player. Maybe a late-round drafted player. Maybe he's a player that not a lot of people, even if they look at rankings from all the various outlets this week, maybe they look at that and say, ah, I'm not going to start him. But you think there might be something there. Essentially a bust and a sleeper for week five, my good man. Well, this is, this is a tough question. Uh, of course, it's still midweek. And I don't think most of the experts have done their projections. No, they have until, not. They have until not. Until Wednesday. So... I may cop out on this one a little bit. I mean, it, to me, it's an easy answer. Allen Robinson is on my bench everywhere I have him. Wow. I, uh, I took him, well, obviously in the third round in a couple of leagues, and uh, he was on my bench last week, and he'll remain on there until I can actually see him do something. Um, and then the, again, this may be a, a cop out, but, uh, you know, you were talking about, do you, do you take your, uh, your, your, um, running backs backups right so uh i did pick up cordero patterson in this league uh when it, the first week after oh my god uh, after mike davis uh, you know it appeared that was his backup right it looked like they were gonna they were going to uh be a tandem there and i actually started him last week in this league uh so that's definitely my sleeper and i'll continue to ride him just like I, i'm gonna fade Allen robinson until he uh, proves me wrong so there- again it's a little late but i'll, right, I'll say that's right. my sleeper yeah, so a couple of things I want to unpack here real quick. Um, number one, wasn't in my memories uh, betraying me right now? Wasn't there another guy in Atlanta at the start of the season that people said, "Oh, he's going to be the backup to Mike Davis"? Like I know a couple of people were chirping about Patterson, but wasn't there another guy there? Wayne Gallman was Wayne Gallman. Remember? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's and, right. And I had him. I, I I drafted him late when I got Mike Davis. Again, that old philosophy. I wanted to make sure I had somebody to stick in there if if my starter went down, and uh, the I think I think Gallman was an inactive uh, week one, so uh, that that next uh, blind bid I, I dropped him and picked up Batter- Patterson, and it's uh, it's paying off right now I'd say. Um, one player that's not paying, and you and I, I think have the, the same philosophy on receivers. You know, give me all the guys that get all the targets, all the receptions. Allen Robinson fell into that category. I, I basically have drafted him every single year high, um, uh, whether he's with Jacksonville or Chicago or whoever, um, because I just loved his target share. And I thought this year, okay, Andy Dalton, say what you will about him. He's an improvement at the quarterback position from what they had last year. And they get Justin Fields in the draft inexplicably. I mean, I didn't think he was going to fall to him, and then they get Fields. And I'm like, this is green light for Allen Robinson, man. Fire this guy up. He's going to have a boffo year. What is going on in Chicago? Why is this guy? I mean, I can't even, I, and I'm not to you, to the level you're at, and maybe I should be because it's hurting my teams. I can't, I cannot bench him yet. And, and I know going in to every game now that he is behind the eight ball and he's probably not going to do much. And, and, and I guess I, you probably already got the answer here from you, Jay. Leave him on your bench. Don't cut him. But until he shows something, you can't start him. Yeah, you're. I mean, it's like you're reading my mind. I was the same way. Uh, I mean, he's quarterback proof, right? Everywhere right. he's been, he hasn't had you know great quarterbacks. And this year, it was the best quarterbacks he's played with. And yeah, like you said, Dalton may not be great, but he's he's better than Trubisky, I thought. Yes, and, yes. Uh, and it's it's baffling what's going on. And of course, you saw this last game, Fields. The the, the what first two drives, it was uh, um, 
Darnell Mooney the entire, you know, pretty much the whole game. So it's like Robinson doesn't exist. So he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's on my bench until, uh, until he proves me wrong, but that's look in this league. Uh, I've had the luxury. I got Debo that's been sitting on my bench the entire time. I haven't oh had my a chance gosh. to even put him in. So it, it's, it, it just is what it is, you know? <laughs> well, and, and, and again, you know, knock on wood here, if you can have good health on this team, that the bi-week gauntlet may sting you less then yeah. it will sting a lot of the other people. So maybe you can build your, on your lead that you have in the 2021 Football Guys Players Championship. The leader heading into week five, it's Jay Flake. Jay, thank you so much for popping aboard. Uh, wish you nothing but the best of luck in all your leagues uh, so far this season. And uh, hopefully you're taking down that uh, $500,000 uh, come at the end of the season. I hope so. It'd be great. But thanks for having me, Eric. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And thanks to Grapes for our theme music. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz Radio feed. It helps us find new listeners. Contact us via email rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think. And follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the NFL podcast homepage rotoviz.com slash podcast.